Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at How Stuff Works. Sitting next to me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. I'm so tired. <laughs> That's probably because it wasn't long ago that you got back from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. That is true. It was not long ago at all, and I'm still feeling it, <laughs> to tell you the truth. See, last year... I was feeling it, too. But, you know, this year I had other obligations and couldn't make the show. So yeah. Jonathan went by himself, and uh, I'm sure he loved being able to run across all those different show floors. Right. So the so the Consumer Electronics Showcase is this big industry showcase in which all these uh, these different manufacturers and companies come to Las Vegas to show off their new products for the next year. Uh, hoping to get buyers interested in it, hoping to get a lot of press coverage. Um, it's just this big, big convention and when i say big it's i mean it's huge uh, c the cea which puts on ces uh they claim that the uh size was 1.7 million square feet that's a few uh, square feet yeah quite a few and not it, to it, mention all the space that's in between them where you have to walk from right place to place and it, it takes place in in the uh the, there's several hotels where uh they have Exhibitor space. There's the Venetian. There's the Sands Convention Center. There's the Las Vegas Convention Center, where the bulk of the big big names are. Um, there's the Renaissance Hotel. There's the Las Vegas Hilton. And then there's some hotels. You know, some some exhibitors they they book space in hotels around the Strip. Uh, you know, that way they get a, around paying for show floor space at the event itself, and then they try and lure people <laughs> into these hotels to take a look at their stuff. And that, I did a couple of those too, one at the Wynn and some other places. Um, but yeah, it's a big show. And, and one of the big stories, I don't know if you were t- thinking about talking about this, was that, uh, everyone was wondering if it was really going to be as big as it used to be. Well, I had one, been wondering that myself. If you, uh, are a regular listener of the podcast, I was, Projecting in our uh, 2009 predictions that the trade shows would start to shrink some in the economic downturn. So I was wondering myself if it was going to be as large. Now, if if you were part of a large team of people uh, covering the show, you may very well have noticed that it was smaller. There were there seemed to be fewer attendees, although when I say fewer, I, the floors were still really crowded. Don't get me wrong. It's just that you actually had some space to breathe once in a while, which normally isn't the case. <laughs> also, there were entire sections of the show floor that were unoccupied, where people who had or companies that had reserved space pulled out. And um, so there were there was an, a section, I think it was in the North Hall that was completely uh, curtained off. Uh, because there were no exhibitors to to exhibit there, um, they just kind of squished everyone else closer in in, in a massive game of booth Tetris. Um, <laughs> but from a from a the perspective of a single person covering the event, it's still huge. So saying that it's smaller than it used to be, that's probably true. But it's still ginormous to use a fake word. Right. Okay. But well, uh, yeah. What? So I mean, it's it's not hurting as badly as you'd think. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff that you saw. Sure. Um, I think you were saying that one of your favorite, uh, favorite pieces of technology you saw was, uh, Panasonic 3D television. Yeah. Now this was, uh, the buzz at the event. There were a few major, um, uh, 
exhibits that that got more attention than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And this was one of them, and, and deservedly so. So Panasonic had this booth that spanned the entire width of the Las Vegas Convention Center. Um, it was it was not very deep, but it was extremely wide. In fact, in order to get past Panasonic, you had to hug essentially a wall on one side or the other of uh, the convention center because you couldn't go through um, because it had a back to it. But in the middle of this was this theater, and inside the theater, they were doing demos of this 3D plasma uh, home theater system, which is still in the concept stage. It's not it's not going to be commercially available anytime really soon. So we won't be uh, forking over money for that in, say, July. Probably not. Right, okay. Um, no one would really give me a, a – uh, no one would nail down a date for me. But the technology was phenomenal. I, I got in line. I think I might have actually crashed it. Um, <laughs> crashed it in the sense of I got in line when I shouldn't have. Um, I didn't realize this till later, but they were actually, they actually had a booth where they gave out tickets for oh, people wow. to go and see this so that they would have a specific time to come in and see it. I did not realize this. I didn't see the ticket booth because I came from the other side of the booth. And, oh, uh, and so I just got in line and no one asked me for a ticket. So I just walked on in, <laughs> sat down. They had one space available. They, they let me sit in and, uh, it was a really effective demonstration. In fact, the most convincing 3D that I've ever seen, and I've seen quite a bit. Um, it was it was really beautiful, gorgeous high definition. It was just it was a fantastic demo. They they could not have done better. Did you have to wear any special uh, eye gear or anything yes. like that? Okay, yes. so you yeah, still, if you're going to be looking at this in your home, you're still going to have to wear glasses. For yeah. It. Okay. Yeah, and, and they, they're not the red and blue glasses. It's the polarized glasses. Oh, okay, so it's the, not the smoky gray looking yeah, yeah, yeah. ones. Yeah, so okay. it's not not like you're you know looking like you came straight out of you know the 1950s. <laughs> um, and it, it, like I said, it was really really effective stuff. It was probably my favorite thing that I saw while I was at CES. Well, 3D seemed to be a trend this year. Oh, it was huge. Yeah, uh, Panasonic wasn't the only person or person corporation to showcase 3D. Uh, there were several other companies that did, including NVIDIA had uh, their 3D glasses thing. It's called GeForce glasses. Um, mm-hmm. Those are USB powered uh, or charged anyway, and they actually have a shutter speed. So the uh, the polarization, there's actually a, a shutter. Now, the shutter opens and closes at a speed that's far too fast for you to, to consciously um, – uh, realize, you know, you can't see it, but it's happening at a 60 hertz refresh rate. So it's shuttering on and off 60 times per second for each eye. Wow. So they actually call it 120 hertz because it's for each eye. Right. But um, it was very, very convincing. They had a, uh, a rock band or no, I guess it was Guitar Hero game going. So you could actually see the notes coming toward you. Oh, wow. And all the all the. Uh, the little digital performers, you know, looked like they were actually on a real stage. It was kind of neat. And um, I got a chance to play at another booth. Uh, I played Left for Dead, mm-hmm. which is, of course, a, a zombie, zombie survivalist game. Right. And uh, it was in a it was set in a wooded uh, uh, level in the game. And it was phenomenal. If it, when you start going through those trees, it looks very convincing, like you're really going through a forest. I mean, it it feels Pretty cool. And now I don't think I can play that game without the 3D anymore. <laughs> so do you need any special equipment other than the, than the headgear it depends, for that? Or do, I mean, do you have to have a special monitor? Yeah. Or, okay. Um, it depends on the, it depends on the tech, which one you're, you're looking at. Most of these, uh, require a special monitor. Just like, uh, if you wanted to have 
3D television, you would need a special TV. You would need one that was 3D ready. So, for instance, the Mitsubishi LaserView is a 3D ready television. Uh, most TVs would not be able to display the information properly, so you wouldn't get the 3D effect. Um, so, yes, you do need special equipment, whether it's a computer monitor or a television. Wow. Sounds expensive. Yeah. Well, it's not cheap, but, you know, it's really, really cool. Right. So <laughs> you got to, you know, it's the trade-off. It's the, and, of course, just like any technology, the early, uh, the early adopters will, will purchase it. And if enough of them purchase it, that drives the price down. Right. And then the rest of us can get our grubby little hands on it. <laughs> um, another one of the, uh, the trends that I saw in following other sites and their coverage of CES this year is one of your favorite words. And it's maybe the first time that I've uttered this word on our podcast. Convergence. Convergence was huge. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's a couple of different things that are converging into a, a single form factor, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I would argue smartphones and netbooks are really getting closer and closer to becoming a single device. So you're going to put the keyboard up to your mouth and type with your tongue? Something. Okay. I mean, the the <laughs> point being that smartphones are getting more and more complex and netbooks are, you know, kind of these scaled down notebook computers. Right. But a lot of the netbook manufacturers are looking into using the cellular network as a means of, of transmitting information. So instead of using Wi-Fi, you're using the 3G network or even the edge network. Oh, okay. And, um, and so, yeah, your, your computer is turning into more of a phone device. Your phone is turning more into a computer device. Eventually, they're going to meet. Uh, and then the same thing you could say is going on with television. There was lots and lots of interactive TV displays. Um, one of the stories I heard was that Yahoo had kind of pulled out of CES but Yahoo was still everywhere because everyone had Yahoo widgets on their interactive TVs. Yeah, I remember when that was uh, called Confabulator. And yeah. it, uh, they offered the widgets for your Mac. Of course, now Dashboard's there and Vista has widgets. So, uh, And as a matter of fact, I saw some of that on uh, in CES 2008. Yeah. They were starting to put in, uh, you know, you could put in your own news tickers or, or little widgets, but it seems like widgets are everywhere now. And it's, I, you know, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if it really takes off. I, mm-hmm. It's something that I would like to use. I would love to have a little option to be able to check my weather or, or, you know, see the traffic or whatever just by looking at it, not having to wait for a newscast or anything like that. Right. Um, but, you know, you got to make it as easy as possible to use and you've got to make it as easy for the con- for the consumer to to see the value in it for it to really take off. Mm-hmm. So right now, I think a lot of people are still thinking of it as, well, this is neat, but would I really use it? Right, right. Uh, another trend I saw mentioned a lot was wireless technology. And, of course, we've been talking about things like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, but they were talking about wireless everything. Um, I saw an, uh, a wireless charger, you know, battery chargers are sort of everywhere now. Yeah. Where you, you know, just drop your cell phone on a pad and it charges for you and even even for your car. Right. Uh, some of that. As yeah, showing up now. There was there was a lot of wireless um, chargers. There were, uh, of course, I, I also got to play with Microsoft Surface. Oh yeah, the and, uh, the interactive table. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that that has the multi-touch capability where it can sense multiple points of contact with your fingers or hands or whatever, and you can manipulate stuff. But it also has this technology that allows it to interact wirelessly with appropriate devices. So let's say you have. 
I don't know, a Microsoft Zune, for example, Mm -hmm. and you put your Zune down on the surface, you could theoretically synchronize your Zune to the surface without ever connecting any wires or cables or anything. Or if you had a... Uh, and a, a camera that had the wireless capability, you could place the camera on the surface and and automatically pull the pictures from your camera to the surface. Again, you don't need any wires or anything. It just all happens as soon as you as soon as it makes contact. Right. That's a really cool technology. It's something that we're not going to see uh, in homes or anything for several more years because right now the surface is still prohibitively expensive. It's around ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Well. So this is something you see in like commercial displays. Less right. than, you know, less likely to see it in a home, unless you're, you know, Bill Gates. <laughs> well, um, it's funny because, yeah, you mentioned that, that you didn't even see the Microsoft Surface in the Microsoft area. No, I, you, I didn't see it there. But you did talk to Microsoft. Yes. And they had some, uh, some big stuff. Of course, uh, Windows 7 beta was yep. supposed to be released around then. And they had, there was this big thing. Um, of course, you were on the show floor, but they only were limiting it to 2.5 million downloads. Right. And, and they, they ended were having- up having to open it up. And they had some problems with the whole downloading process as well, as I recall. There yeah. was, I, I, yeah, this was stuff that I was hearing while I was at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really affect me because I had a physical copy of Windows 7 beta in my hand. Yeah. Uh, but, but you actually saw Windows 7, didn't I you? I did. I did. I saw it demoed by one of the people who made Windows 7. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was a personal one-on-one demo and mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was pretty impressive. I mean, they were, they didn't come out and say this is to try and correct the mistakes of Vista. The way the way he worded it was that Microsoft listened to their customers, took into account the things they liked versus what they didn't like, and used that to design Windows 7. So, you know, kind of dancing around the issue of the whole Vista perception problem thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't really ask about that because I was more right. interested in the technology, not, right. not you know, covering up something or whatever. Um but it, it was very, it was a very neat demo. I actually really did like uh, what I saw, and uh, hopefully um, we'll be able to start testing out our own copy of Windows Seven Beta very shortly, and and kind of take it for a spin. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, um, and you also liked uh, Media Room. Oh, Media Room! Media Room was so neat. Okay, so Media Room is this this technology Microsoft has developed that uh, allows them to work with cable content providers. Uh, mm-hmm. Like AT and T, for example, was the one that that I got to see. Yeah, and this would allow you to do things like, let's say you you get home and you realize that you just missed the first ten minutes of whatever your favorite show is, and you didn't set your DVR. You have no way of of watching that. Well, this service would actually let you go back to the beginning of that program and watch it all the way through. It has a lot of DVR capabilities in it, but there's no DVR. It's just part of the service. I mean, you do have a box uh, that is. Uh, the the media room box, but it's not it's not a traditional DVR, and it has mm-hmm. so mu- many more capabilities. For example, let's say that you produce a show, and you have some great bloopers from that show. You know, it's like you know sitcom, let's say, and there's there's some great bloopers. Usually, you have to wait around for some sort of special or DVD or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for subscribers to the service, it's possible for the content provider to add in clips of bloopers, and you would just push a little button on your remote and pull up a menu and you could go through and see what additional content is available for that show. And if it's a blooper, you could watch the blooper right then and there, or you could even link web content to the device. So let's say you're watching one of our programs, a how stuff works program. You're watching the one on coffee 
And then you think, I'd like to actually know a little bit more about coffee. I wonder if there is any more information. You push the button, you pull up the menu, and you could go and read excerpts from our coffee article if we were working with the Media Room software and all of that. Right. So right. this is all very early on. There's already about 2 million customers worldwide mm-hmm. using this software. Um, but it's, you know, it's still in its early stages, but I think it has pretty amazing potential. I, I was blown away by the demo. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds impressive. Um, let's see. Other, uh, cool things. Different things. Uh, I remember you mentioned the, um, Lenovo uh, dual uh, yes. screen, yes, which the, is the uh, ThinkPad W700DS. Yes, this was a monster of a laptop, guys. I mean, you would not want to put this on your laptop because you would probably crush your legs. But it is technically a portable computer. Um, it is rather heavy. It's rather large. But there's a retractable second screen stored behind the main screen of the laptop. It's on the right-hand side. You push a little... Uh, you push the screen in and it pops out just like kind of like, you know, like a you know, click on, yeah. click off yeah, type yeah. thing. Yeah. And it, it increases your screen by about uh, your screen uh, landscape, I guess, by about 40 percent. Yeah. The uh, the press release that I read said um, the main screen is 17 inches. Yeah. Which is already pretty big. Yeah, it's already huge. And then you're adding another 10.6 inches right. smaller screen. So you can, you can put information off to that side screen if you like Mm -hmm. and work from your main screen. And that way you, you have, you can reference things that are on the, the, the secondary screen and, you know, while you're working. Um, and it means that you don't have to purchase a second monitor. I mean, a lot of people do use workstations where they have a second monitor and they can, you know, they drag and drop stuff Mm -hmm. left and right. Um, this saves you the trouble of doing that. Um, but again, it is a it is a big machine. I no, I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I I saw this and I immediately thought I want one. But um, yeah. But yeah, little uh, you don't want to carry it around on the show floor. Of no, CES. no, this would be one of those things where I would want to leave that at my desk here and then maybe get one of the cool netbooks I saw while I was right. at CES. Right, right. And there were a lot of netbooks. Netbooks were huge this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, speaking of huge, actually. Uh, Small is what I was thinking. I was going to okay. ask you about the uh, LG watch phone. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Dick yeah. Tracy watch phone, as right. everybody's been calling yeah, it. Yeah, that's another one of those, like the Panasonic 3D. That was right. one of those things that everyone was talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, the LG watch phone is, uh, yeah, it's a phone. It's a watch. Yeah, it has a speaker on it. You can talk into it. It's got a little touchscreen interface. Uh, it's really cool. Now, LG was really careful with this thing. Um, they had two different types of people who could wear the watch who mm-hmm. were part of the LG booth. There were the spokespeople who could actually talk about it. Right. And then there were the mutes. <laughs> and the mutes were for people who, let's say that uh, you have a camera crew with you and you want to shoot some footage and you want to talk about it and you want this person to hold up their arm, but you don't want them to have that chatty chatty kind of thing going on. Right. That's what the mutes were for. They were just to stand there, look pretty, and be a showcase for the watch. They were just models, yeah, essentially. essentially. Well, um, it, was, um, it, it, was, has, it was cool. It has some pretty impressive specs. Um, you know, it does include Bluetooth, but what I thought was really funny is that LG is saying that it has such excellent noise cancellation that you're not even supposed to have to put it up to your mouth. Right. To talk. Yeah. It should cancel out everything that's not you for three feet. Yeah. It's, uh, so there it'd was, be interesting to get our hands on one of these and see if that's really true. I would love it's to. I don't know that, I don't know that LG would be handing them over anytime soon, but I would Never love to get my hands on one. There, there, actually noise cancellation was another big thing. Oh yeah. Just with phones in general. Yeah. There was a lot of discussion about phones that had multiple microphones. Uh, in the phone to help with noise cancellation mm-hmm. to try and uh, so that 
you know, in theory, you could just be in a noisy place like, I don't know, the showroom floor of CES <laughs> and still carry on a normal conversation without having to scream your head off. Wow. Yeah, there That'd was a, nice. there was one booth in particular where they would blast noise at you and hand you a phone and let you call other people and you could, you know, they could hear you. You could show um, off the fact that it right. works. And then and you'd that, walk out yeah. and your ears would be ringing and you'd want to go and lay down for a while. <laughs> well, um, one of the other things that I thought was really cool was um, the fact that you mentioned that they were sort of reaching out to kids and to older adults, seniors, yeah, sure. with technology. Actually had specific... Um, Exhibits targeted toward those groups. Yeah, they had two areas. They had an area specifically for uh, products aimed at kids, and they had another one uh, for products aimed at the elderly. And then there were other booths that also had technology that fit these categories, but they were not displaying in those designated areas. Mm -hmm. But it Mm -hmm. was interesting because what we have here is, you know, you've got the the baby boomer population that's continuing to age. Funny how that happens. (laughs) And they're pretty tech savvy, you know, for the most part. But their parents, the generation... You know, that came before them, they're not as tech savvy. And so it's sort of the, the, the gadgets that will allow the, this generation, this mm-hmm. older generation to maintain a sense of independence and reduce a sense of isolation. Right. And, uh, so that was really the focus of the, the gadgets for them. I thought that was really, really interesting. I actually talked with a couple of people about their design philosophies and it was, you know, it was one of those times where you kind of felt good after you walked out of a booth because you really, you really felt that the people designing these things, yeah, I mean, there's a market for it. So otherwise they wouldn't do it. You right. Know? But they, you felt that they genuinely believed in what they were doing and that, that what they were doing was helping people stay connected with parents and grandparents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it just goes to show you that not everybody needs the latest and greatest feature set. They just need something that works well with a, you know, minimum of, Difficulty. Yeah, sure. You know, so yeah. it's just easy access. Um, there's tons more we could talk about, but I have, I have one pressing question for you. Okay. The, the big rumor, since yeah. Apple is pulling out of Macworld. Right. Do you think that, that Apple, Apple will be, be at CES, CES I mean, next year? You know, they did introduce the Pippin yeah. poor thing um, at uh, CES in the past. So. Well, you know, I, it was one of those rumors that was making the showroom floor. Um, and, and CEA apparently, I, I've, you know, I should actually check and see if this was True. I mean, I, I had heard, I will say, I'd heard a rumor that CEA said, yeah, Apple's going to be here as an exhibitor next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much stock to put into that because for one thing, you know, it's, you know, they could always back off and say, oh, they pulled out. But if they get that initial rush of Apple fanboys all clamoring to be part of CES, it's just better for the show. Yeah. Um, so sure. I don't know. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. I think that uh, if it, let me put it this way, if Steve Jobs is still in charge, mm-hmm. I don't think it'll happen because I think Jobs is is satisfied with doing events his way. Mm-hmm. So to do Apple events at uh, at venues that Apple arranges, they're they have complete control of the situation. Yeah, I don't see him giving that up. Now, if Jobs is not in control, fair game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I think it's possible that they may decide to do something non-computer related. Like if they decided to do an iPhone and iPod showcase, that sure. you might see some kind of presence. Well, you see or, tons- you know, there's, they're looking for the next big thing. They might come out with something entirely different. That's true. And of course, just because somebody says it's going to happen or not going to happen doesn't mean it's going to actually go happen. that way either. Right. So, That's true. uh, we'll have to wait another few months before we'll find out for sure. 
That's, uh, I don't know. I guess I don't really have any other questions for you right now. Mm-hmm. We've got some articles coming out before too much longer on, on some of these things. Yep. Yep. So, uh, make sure to keep your eyes peeled on howstuffworks.com for those. Yep. Yeah. And you can check out stuff, everything from smartphones to, to netbooks. We have information on all of this stuff already. And of course, it's just going to increase over the next few weeks. So you can find all of that stuff at howstuffworks.com. And we'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?